Well, good morning, Community Church. It was about 16 years ago, actually 16 years ago next month, that my wife and I first came to Community Church. We were a young married couple at the time. This portion of the Mount Pleasant campus where I'm standing right now was relatively new. It had only been around for a couple years. And I can remember that Sunday like it was yesterday. In fact, we were sitting right about over here in the second row. Uh, it just so happened to be a group sign-up Sunday, and even though we had plans to church shop, to check out different churches in the area, uh, we only shopped for one, and signed up for a group that very first week, got plugged in, started serving. It was here at Community Church that I first discerned a call to ministry, and it was Community Church uh, that gave me an opportunity to jump in. Uh, my wife and I, we have served in this church, we've grown in this church, we've discovered our gifts in this church, we've led in this church, we absolutely love this church. And it's been incredible to see the way that Community Church has grown and shifted and changed over the years. We've seen leaders come and go over the years. And when Community Church was preparing to launch their first multi-site location, we were so excited to be part of that launch team in Alma. And, you know, throughout every season, seeing God working at work here amongst his people, doing whatever it takes to reach people with the message of the gospel. And over the years that, that we've been around and over the years that preceded that, there have been many things that have changed here at Community Church but there has been one thing that has remained the same. We are an imperfect group of people who are focused on Jesus together, who are chasing after him together, wherever he may lead, doing whatever it takes to reach central Michigan and beyond with the good news of Jesus. And the series that we're in right now, Elevate, is a focus on the specific ways that God has laid out before the leadership of this church how we're going to do that in this next season of ministry. If you've been with us, we've been making our way through the book of Acts, looking at the early church, incredible stories of Christians who were stepping out in faith. And today, we're going to be looking at one of my favorite descriptions of the early body of believers that comes from Acts chapter 2. It was a group that was moving forward together, taking ground, excited about the ways that God was working in their midst. Their eyes were centered on Jesus. They were on mission together. And our discussion questions today, as well as a place to take notes, you can find in your guidebook on page 31. And if you don't happen to have a guidebook yet, I believe we still have a handful at both campuses in Alma. You can find them at the back of the room. We have some out in the lobby if you want to grab one after the service or want to grab one now. There's also an electronic version of the Elevate guidebook that you can find on our website. And those of you who are watching online, your host will post a link to that so you'll be able to find that nice and easy. And in that book, in those guidebooks, if you haven't taken a look already, there is all sorts of information, more than we could possibly cover on a Sunday, on ways that you can be involved in all the pieces of Elevate. And if you have your guidebooks with you on page five, over the next two years, our plan, God willing, is to do a number of things. Number one, to elevate the gospel. In fact, if there was one word that we would use to sum up what Elevate is all about, it would be the word discipleship. Raising people up to know what it means to fully follow Jesus, to, to look and act like Jesus. 
And as a church, we want to become incredibly intentional about the ways that we're raising people up to what the Bible calls spiritual maturity. Elevate has plans to continue ministry that's happening at all of our campuses on Sunday mornings. It also has plans to translate a version of the Bible for a people group that has no version of the Bible in their own language, which means that those that we're looking to reach may have never heard about Jesus before. Number two, we plan to expand our reach into central Michigan. Pastor Josh just mentioned a few minutes ago, we are getting ready to launch a brand new campus in St. John's. In fact, uh, early December, we are already getting things in place for that very first service, and that is incredibly exciting. I've had the opportunity to be down in St. John's for a number of their gatherings as they've worked to build a core, and I just have to tell you, the people that are part of that core launch team, they are excited, they are hungry, and I can't wait to see the way God works through that brand new campus. The Alma campus launched in 2020, just a couple years ago, and that campus has been growing. As the Alma campus pastor, it's been incredible to see the way that God has been at work there. New people every single week. In fact, uh, we just recently launched our second service in order to reach those in Gratiot County. And we are so excited to begin preparations to establish a permanent location in Alma. In fact, the building that we've, uh, we're finalizing the purchase on is an amazing location right on Wright Avenue in the main drag into Alma. And rather than just building a bigger and bigger building here at the Mount Pleasant campus, we see God using this multi-site model that we've stepped into where there are local expressions of community church that are, that are being established in each community that we set up in. And we are praying about how God might use that in the future for future opportunities as part of Elevate, an ability to be responsive to where God is at work. And also, we want to be good news in those communities. I remember early in my days as the Alma campus pastor, one of my favorite days on the job was uh, after doing a number of, uh, of, of a bit of research on looking around for gospel mission partners in that community, uh, there was a great big stack of financial gifts that we were able to contribute into mission uh, organizations in Gratiot County and delivering those and establishing new partners that have come on. And we want to do the same thing in Clinton County because the church does so much more good for the community for the sake of the gospel. And then finally, we want to empower the next generation. In fact, I think empowering the next generation is a part of our DNA as a church. Community church from its earliest days has said that we'll do whatever it takes to love kids, to equip and care for kids, to equip young families. And ministry for the next generation will continue to take a priority. And in fact, here at the Mount Pleasant campus, there's plans to work specifically on the spaces that serve kids and serve students uh, in, in the teaching spaces, allowing us to reach and disciple and, and build up the next generation. Elevate has plans to adopt local schools in each of the communities where our campuses are located. We have plans to build a, a partnership with World Vision that helps impoverish children in other parts of the world. And an aspect of Elevate that my wife and I are particularly excited about. Elevate also has a plan in place to build a support system that focuses on families who are engaging in foster care and adoption. And as adoptive foster parents ourselves, this is near and dear our hearts. As a church, being able to support families. And for some in this church, they may find that a door is open for them adding children into their family as God moves. 
But I think this is also so much more. What would it look like if we said as a church, we want to care and love and, and reach out to families with the gospel in such a way that it transforms their stories and that it would eliminate some of the challenges and needs that are causing families to struggle and be pulled apart. Something to be excited about what we can do together as a church. Then we also have plans to establish a brand new relationship with a new missions partner for us, an organization called Footprints. And Footprints is amazing because it's run locally by a couple that's here in our church as part of the Alma campus and some other areas here, uh, some other folks here in central Michigan. And this next week, I'll actually be uh, getting on a plane with the team going to visit their primary mission location in Sierra Leone, where they have an orphanage that cares for children that have been orphaned by Ebola and also partner with a local hospital there. It's an incredible opportunity for us as a church to be able to step in. These are exciting initiatives. And here's the thing, it's not going to be easy. In fact, these wonderful, exciting things, I'm confident, are gonna stretch us individually as well as corporately. It's gonna require us to step out in faith and. You know, I think that's actually a really good thing. Because Elevate can only be successful if God moves through this local church to make it happen. And that's why we continue to share the vision with you every single week. And for some of you, you're hearing this vision for the very first time. For others of you, we want you to be crystal clear on where we are heading together. This is why we keep sharing the vision because every single one of us has a part to play. You have a part to play. Some of you are gonna feel the nudge from God, from the Holy Spirit, and you're gonna lead in one of the areas that we just discussed. You may not even know it yet. And that's kind of scary, but I think it's also really, really exciting. And so here we are at week four of this series, Last week, we asked you to start praying about how you might commit to taking part, and we introduced uh, the commitment cards that we will share and have you, have you submit next week. And so if you weren't here last week, you should be able to find one of those commitment cards in the seat backs uh, in front of you here at the Mount Pleasant campus. At the Alma campus, you should have been able to find them on the, uh, the chair as you sat down. If you're online, we'll share a link to those commitment cards. You can also find them on our website. And next week, we are going to have a moment during worship where those who are ready to commit financially to Elevate will bring their commitment cards forward. And you might be asking, why do I need to fill out a commitment card? Well, it's incredibly important because, one, it helps us as a church plan as we look to tackle these things in these next couple years. But I think it's actually more than that. For you... That commitment card rep represents a commitment that you are making to partner with this local church, to partner with us together, to contribute and to lead. And hopefully that commitment card represents a commitment that you've taken before God. My wife Katie and I over the last couple of weeks have been talking about this, we've been praying about this, we've been discussing how we're gonna be part of the different initiatives that are in Elevate and also how we're going to contribute financially. Because every single one of us has a part to play. You have a part to play. A few weeks ago, Pastor Allen talked about the giving ladder. 
Moving from an initial giver to someone who gives occasionally, to being an intentional giver, and then a surrendered and a lifetime giver. And I, I love that illustration because that's been our journey for me and my wife. I remember giving occasionally as a young married couple, and then committing to regular monthly giving, which was a step of faith for us. Then years ago, we began tithing, trying to tithe off our gross income, and then tithing off the net income that came in, and now it's a blessing to be able to give beyond that threshold. Different stages of life taking different stage steps up the ladder, and with each step, we've experienced God's faithfulness in a whole new way. So for next week, some of you may take a first step on the ladder and become an initial giver. And if that is you, if that's the case, that is incredibly exciting. For some of you, you are going to feel a nudge from the Holy Spirit in response to what is lays ahead to give like you have never given before. To take a step into maybe giving in a way that's a little uncomfortable. And if that's you, that's a daunting, but it's also a really exciting place to be in. And praise God for that. So come ready next week. And just as a celebration, uh, Pastor Allen mentioned that the leaders of this church uh, gathered at our different campuses, they have been praying and discerning God's voice through this entire process. In fact, better part of a year ago, they began that process of, of discerning what God was calling us towards. Our elders and our trustees and our deacons those who serve on staff here at the church, those who serve as group leaders and ministry volunteers, leaders who have established incredible generosity towards the church. And we ask those leaders the same question that we are asking you. How will you be part of Elevate? And already, a week before we're even beginning to ask the entire church, there have already been 53 households who have committed a total of $1,383,000 towards Elevate. Can we celebrate that real quick? <laughs> Work's already getting done. I think it's incredible to think about the way that those leaders have gone before us. It's actually a picture of generosity that we see in the Bible. It means so much serving and leading next to men and women who are stepping out in faith, those who are going before Praise God for that. And as one of the pastors here, I can't wait to see what God does through these next two years during Elevate. I can't wait to see it the way that it moves and shapes this, com this community. I can't wait to see how Elevate impacts you and your family. I can't wait to see new families and individuals that are not yet part of the body of Christ who are going to respond to the gospel as a result of your faithfulness. Because it really is going to require all of us doing it together, sold out as a community. And that idea of working together is so counter-cultural. Culture tells us to be sure to get ours first. Culture tells us to do anything that it takes for that next promotion. To work, work, work harder, harder, harder to, to, to attain success, to just buy things for ourselves, to store up our resources, to fixate on that new toy or that next upgrade that you're waiting for. And I don't know if you're like me, but every once in a while I feel that itch for more. Maybe I'll search for something online and Google will see that search and they'll start peppering me with ads 
for that same thing I was looking for. And then minutes turn into hours digging through Facebook Marketplace or Amazon. Think of a particular time a few years ago, I was trying to get a new pedal for my electric guitar. And I had been doing research and looking around, and eventually I pulled the trigger, and, and I bought that new guitar pedal. And before it even arrived in the mail, I felt still that same itch wasn't satisfied. I was looking for the next one. The itch was still there. I tried to remove that desire inside of me for more. Can you relate? Have you ever felt that itch to get more? Are you waiting or obsessing for the next thing, for the next vacation, for the next toy, for the bigger television or the next bigger house? That feeling inside of us can be insatiable sometimes. I want, I want, I need. How do you break out of that? I'll tell you what you need to break out of our pursuit of more success and our pursuit of more stuff. You need a bigger vision. A vision for something bigger than yourself. That's the thing that has the power to break you out of me, me, me. If you feel the pull for acquiring more, just getting more comfortable in life, you need a bigger vision, a vision beyond yourself, something that takes your eyes off of yourself and moves it on to something that's better. We've been making our way through the book of Acts looking at stories of the early days of the church. And in the book of Acts, you see the Holy Spirit working in incredible ways. You see God doing miracles and signs and wonders and people who are responding as a result to the gospel in the thousands. You see a group of early believers who are sold out for the sake of sharing the gospel. If you have your Bibles with you, I encourage you to open with me to Acts chapter 2. We're going to be looking at the description of the early church, and immediately before this, these verses that we're about to read, you see the Holy Spirit shows up following Jesus' departure. Many of Jesus' disciples were gathered and were waiting for the Holy Spirit to come, and, and they're not sure exactly what's going to come next, and the Holy Spirit comes and he fills them. And Peter, who's filled with the Holy Spirit, begins sharing the good news of Jesus to everyone who was around. He's calling the people to repent and to believe. And as he's speaking to this large crowd, there are thousands of people who respond. And these verses describe those early believers, beginning in verse 42. God's word says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold their property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. This is an incredible account in fact, if you've been around for any period of time in the church, you may be familiar with this passage. It's a few verses that give a snapshot of the early days of the church, and there's something simple about it. There's something beautiful about it. I think there's something radical in this description, because it doesn't mention the building. It describes the people. 
It's important to note, these weren't mature believers who had grown up in church. These were the thousands of people who had just given up everything that they had, the life that they knew, and responded to the Holy Spirit's move in their lives. They were so enamored with Jesus, they were so filled with wonder, that it caused them to be all in. What had seemed important to them before suddenly didn't seem to matter as much because they had gotten a bigger vision. They had gotten a better vision, and it changed everything for them. And I think that's inspiring. I think it's important for us as God's people to look in that and, and, and see something. That's, there's, there's something we want to emulate there, to imitate. And so I want to look at three characteristics of the early church that we can model as we prepare to take on Elevate in the next couple years. Number one is this. They focused on God together. They were singularly focused on God together as a community. In verse 42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. They were focused on learning more about God. There was a hunger there. They were, they were focused on the early church leaders' teaching. They were centered on God's word. They were being discipled. In fact, these new believers were being taught what it means to know God, what, it, what God actually wants them to, to do, what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Verse 43, everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs that were being performed by the apostles. Not only were they learning what it means to follow Jesus, but miracles are happening all around them. Everyone is marveling at what God is doing. In fact, you couldn't attribute it to anything else other than the work of God in their midst. And what unites them is their shared desire to know and follow this God who loves them. They're focused on God together. That's what brings them together. It's, it's not just spending time with people that they have things in common with, people at a similar stage of life. The early church became increasingly diverse as people from different nationalities and different socioeconomic classes became uh, believers. And what unites them is a shared love of Jesus. I think of that, and I think it's a beautiful thing about the church. Diversity is a beautiful aspect of the body of Christ because what unites us together is bigger than any possible difference that we could have. And I love that community church happens to be made up of diverse groups of people. That's a strength for the church, gathering around Christ and the gospel. And it's a reminder that what unites you to the person that is sitting next to you is so much bigger than anything else you could possibly have in common. We are united around who we are in Jesus. One of the most exciting things you learn when you are a new believer is that God has a plan for you, that God has a plan and a purpose for your life. It's a radical idea, but as we grow, as we mature, we move from God has a plan to you to God has a plan for us. God has a plan for us together, for you and me together. And as we gain that view, we grow as followers of Jesus. We see the early church was focused on God together. But they were also devoted to one another. Verse 42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. They were devoted. Doing life together wasn't just a cliche 
They devoted themselves to fellowship day in and day out. They were hungry for more of God. They were hungry to plug into community. Have you ever maybe been around someone who is a, a new believer? Have you ever come in contact with someone where you know, the gospel just has recently got a hold of them, they got a big old smile on their face? I come in contact with people like this all the time, and they just can't get enough Church, if the doors are open, they're going to be here serving, joining groups, being plugged in. There are also people in this church who, let's just say, are not new believers. They've been following Jesus for a while, and they are still serving. They're still leading. They're still loving the body of Christ. They're devoted to this church, to this body. They're living this out Verse 44 says, all the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. It's incredibly radical, this description of the early church. When a need is represented in the body, they make sure that that need is taken care of. They're devoted to each other. Verse 46, every day they continued to meet in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts. The description, again, of the church is not a building or a place. It's the people. People who are doing life together, serving each other. And it says that they actually experience joy being together. The word that they use here in the original Greek for fellowship is koinonia. A fellowship that says that they would do whatever it takes to care and love for each other selling property and possessions, spending time worshiping together. You see this incredible generosity that's there. In fact, generosity defined the early church. There was a point in my wife and my story a few years ago when, when things were particularly tight for us. We had a business at the time that we were in process of closing. We weren't quite sure what my wife was going to do financially next. The budget was tight. It was one of the most stressful financial periods of our lives, making tough decisions about how we were going to adjust, trying to learn to trust God through all of that. Now, I was thinking of this idea of incredible generosity, and I was reminded someone in this church, they saw us. They, they didn't, we didn't have to ask. They, they saw us. And that winter, I remember it was getting cold, and they went out and they bought all of us winter coats and delivered them to our house. And they looked for other ways that they could care for us, to tangibly love us. And I, I think back on that season, and I, I just remember experiencing people in this church going out of their way to help us out. We were on the receiving end of other people's generosity. I often think back on that period of stress, and I'm like, I would never want to go back to that period of time. I'd never want to go back to that situation. But walking through that season helped us experience the love of God's people. And consequently, it gave us a greater measure of faith in God, that God uses his people to care for us. That was what we experienced. As a result of, of what we experience, now I want to have an easy time being generous. In fact, I find myself now being more generous as a result of, of what we had received from other brothers and sisters. 
I want to have an easier time responding when God prompts me and I see a need that's around me. And that's not just financially. My wife loves the show Shark Tank. And on Shark Tank, people come in and they go before this board of investors and they have business ideas and hope that one of the investors will take them on. We like watching the show because some of the ideas are crazy, but every single one of the people has a dream. And one of the things that the investors say is that the most valuable commodity I have is my time. What's your most valuable commodity? It's not your savings account or your paycheck. It's not your nest egg. It's your time. And Jesus wants us to give our most valuable commodity to each other. Here we see the early church. It's a picture of Christian community. They're spending time with each other. They're caring for each other. They're serving each other. They're willing to sacrifice for each other. And my prayer as one of the leaders here is that you would get to experience that kind of fellowship. That you'd experience that kind of love at worship on Sundays. That you'd build relationships with other brothers and sisters in Christ over a meal. That being part of a group, you would experience that. That you would be devoted to each other. Do you feel devoted to the people that are in this church? Because I can tell you, as we shift our eyes off of what I want and what I need, and instead we look to what God wants to do through this community as a whole, it shifts our perspective onto what God cares about most, and that's his people. And I believe over the last several years, it has been more challenging for people to connect than possibly any other period of time in history. There's a pull against that kind of devotion, that kind of connection. Families and individuals who, who don't feel like they can add one more thing to their schedule. And as a family of six ourselves, I have empathy for those who feel that pull. But I want to challenge you to make investing in significant relationships with other believers a priority in your life. And the easiest way that you can do that here at Community Church is by joining a group or joining a serve team where you can be known, where you can pray for each other, where you can be devoted to each other. But we don't just see an inward look for the early church. It wasn't just about caring for those who were already part of the body of Christ. We also see, number three, they were on mission together. The early church was sold out on mission together. Verse 45, they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. They cared for those who were inside the church, but they also cared for those who were outside the church. Their devotion to each other was fueled by their shared sense of mission and purpose, fueled as they, they worked to fulfill the Great Commission, to go out and, and make disciples of all nations, helping people understand what it means to know and follow Jesus in every part of the world. And radical generosity defined the early church. And this is still the call of the church today. What, what a powerful witness to the love of God when we are on mission together. And two ways that we as a gospel community work to live this out 
that you may or may not be aware of that happens around this local church is through our deacon ministry as well as through our community groups. Our deacons here at Community Church are leaders who are ordained. They are men and women who are called and as a response, they serve on an absolutely remarkable team. Anyone can call our church helpline if they are struggling. It doesn't matter if they attend one of our campuses or not. In fact, many who call our helpline have never heard of us before. And our deacons in pairs, they respond to those requests with love and with grace and with care. Sometimes it's meeting a financial need. Sometimes it's pointing them towards a community resource. Often it's just walking beside them in a devastating situation. And I can share story after story after story of radical generosity that has played out through this team. These amazing leaders, these deacons, are the hands and feet of Jesus for this congregation. And the need that we see in our communities here in Central Michigan can often be overwhelming. But they're showing Christ's love. They're going above and beyond to care for those who reach out looking for help from the church. And in fact, that I can say from experience that both at our campuses, there are many people who are now here and part of this church family because they were first touched, they were first helped by the deacon team, leaders in our church who are on mission together. And then a couple years ago, we began an initiative called Advance. And Advance was a similar step of faith to what we're stepping into with Elevate. And we instituted a new group scholarship program that people who are part of a community group would be able to see a need that's represented around them, maybe in their community from a neighbor or a coworker, and that they could step in and meet that need. And I just want to share a few of the stories of groups that have stepped up and taken advantage of that group scholarship program. Each year, we host a homeless shelter here at Community Church at the Mount Pleasant campus. And guests come in who are experiencing homelessness, and we don't just provide a warm place to stay. We try to care for them and love them. And a community group uh, took, took on this as a, as a group and purchased items for the guests, ways to bless them, and items that were for their personal care and, and, and uh, ways that they could be shown love. There was a community group who was aware of uh, a family friend who had lost a father, and obviously, in the devastation of that, they, as a group, went out and they bought household, gifts, uh, household goods, supplies, gift cards, different ways to tangibly care and bless that family who was feeling absolutely overwhelmed. We have many community groups that have adopted families for Christmas, and as part of your generosity to this church, have used the group scholarships to go out and buy presents that go underneath their trees. We have mission projects that have been tackled by community groups at local nonprofits and ways to bless mission organizations. Baskets have been set up by community groups that have been given to hospitals and first responders. There was another community group that took on and adopted a family they were aware of that was a single mom who lived on a limited income. I was just struggling to make ends meet. And as a community group, they adopted that family and cared for them and loved them. This is the church in action. These are things that are happening around this local church. This is us together on mission. How do we shift our priorities away from just helping ourselves? We get a bigger vision. 
And the result of this, as we are obedient, is that we grow into who God wants us to be. Verse 47, it says, Praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people, the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Where do you need a bigger vision? What I love about Elevate is it's not something that any one of us could do alone. It's going to require all of us together. You and I need each other. What we can do together is also exponentially more than what we could ever hope to accomplish by ourselves. So here's my hope for the next two years. God, would you elevate our priorities beyond success and stuff? If getting more stuff or chasing success is the American dream, God, would you give us a bigger dream? God, would you ask God for a bigger vision? I don't know what that is for you. God may have something unique that he's going to call you towards. You may not even be aware of it yet. But I also know that if God is calling this church to all the pieces and elements and missions that are part of Elevate, he is going to use us together to make it happen. All of us together on purpose, growing together, being devoted to each other, on mission together. And I'm confident that a few years from now, we're going to look back at the season and we're going to see the many ways that God was at work celebrating the way that he mobilized his people to fulfill his mission. Reading the story of the Acts 2 church, thinking of the fellowship they experience, you see the Holy Spirit at work among them. And how we, you and I, many generations later, are united with those same early believers in Christ. Co-heirs called sons and daughters of God. And what unites us together with them is so much bigger than anything that would potentially divide us. We are united in Christ. And the forgiveness that we receive at the cross, it marks us as the people of God. It gives us a new identity. So as we prepare to take on Elevate, united together, I think it's incredibly appropriate to break bread together. Communion is a sacrament that reminds us of God's incredible generosity towards us through Christ. The Lord's Supper is open to anyone who professes faith in Jesus Christ. And as we prepare to take together, take a moment as we worship. This is a moment to confess our sin, to turn over to God places in our lives where we have made idols that have distracted us from following Jesus. And together we sit at his feet, stating our dependence and our continual need for him. And over these next few moments, I want to ask you this question, God, how do you want me to be part of what you're doing in this local church? God, how do you want me to be part of building your kingdom? This is a holy moment. Would you sit and worship with us And then in a moment, I'll come back and we'll partake together.